0: Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Clear Thinking. Brought to you by Better Broadhead. Our town, their future. Please welcome your host, Erin Menzel.
1: This is Erin Menzel, your host for Clear Thinking, and today I have Kimberly Hill from Southwest Cap with me. We're gonna speak about recovery houses and the program itself. So Welcome to the podcast. I appreciate you coming. Thank you, thank you, Erin. Thanks for having me. You're I welcome. appreciate it. Yeah, and first of all, let's kind of talk about what Southwest Cap is, what it stands for.
0: Sure, sure. So Southwest Cap um, is South um, South. Listen to me, Southwestern Wisconsin Community Action Program, and they're an anti-poverty agency, and they're all over. So they're they're helping people all over. Wisconsin, um, and not just, you know, we're talking about like Greene County, Iowa County, Richland County. Um, so, yeah, they do a lot for anti-poverty, and they hired me um, for their Recovery Pathway Program, which is a program that is funded by um, Wisconsin Partnership Program out of um, UW-Wisconsin Medical School, Um, And they hired me to come into the rural areas, specifically right now, Green, Grant, Iowa, Lafayette, and Richland counties, and help develop um, recovery communities. So that's...
1: So recovery communities, not like just mortar and brick houses per se? Correct.
0: Okay. Correct. So that would... When I say recovery community... um, that's a lot of networking, that's a lot of community meetings, a lot of professional memberships get together, our members get together, professional and community, um, and we develop wraparound services. Okay. Um, and those wraparound services, because anybody can put a house up, but can the house be sustainable and can it be um, successful, Right. right? So the idea was or is to develop wraparound services in these counties. We're first starting with Iowa and Richland County. And the goal is eventually to have a male and a female home um, recovery house, which we are calling it the Opportunity House, in Dodgeville, Wisconsin, and then also Richland Center. Um, But the wraparound services um, consist of... um, recovery meetings whether that be 12 step meetings smart recovery celebrate recovery everybody recovers differently right. so it's about having the recovery community and having that connection because we all know community and connection are important to right. everyone
1: yeah.
0: um so having that and then having things like medication-assisted treatment, we're finding there's plenty of research that shows that medication-assisted treatment is helpful in long-term sustainable recovery. Okay. So it's about getting doctors wavered in those counties um, and able to practice medication-assisted treatment um, and really know what they're doing um, to best help the client to best help the person struggling with addiction, especially with the opioid epidemic and right. and things going on right now. Um, so that that's a matter of a lot of education, a lot of training, um, many seminars and, and events. And, you know, we've been lucky enough to have a few doctors really on board. Um, you know, Dr. May, we got Dr.... Um, Pierce and um, quite a few of the ER docs um, from both Richland Center right now and Dodgeville. So that's part of the wraparound services. It also includes job skills, um, education, you know. um, Richland Center has UW-Platteville, Richland Mm -hmm. Center. Um, So it's about being able to educate or provide job skill training, which is through um, Department of Vocational Rehabilitation, um, both in Richland Center and Dodgeville right now. Um, I'm not real sure what Greene County looks like, so once we're finished with our wraparound services and, and working in these two Areas. Then we hope to go to the green Green County and Grant and Lafayette and see what that's like. Okay. Um, so that's why I'm talking a little bit more right. about um, you know the the other two uh, counties right now. Um, so it's it's a matter of you know having wraparound services. It's about having primary care. P- Physicians, it's about making sure everybody has um, outpatient services. Um, intense, it's called IOP, mm-hmm. and in Dodgeville, they do have IOP through Unified Services. Um, Jeff and Jesse and Diane are just fabulous over there, and um, so some of the clients who would come into the recovery house will be attending, um, you know, IOP at Unified. So it's a mixture of all these things. Um, it's about, you know, part of what we're doing with the recovery houses is we're able to hire peer support specialists. And peer support specialists will be assigned to each of the people living in the house. And this is how, hopefully, it's going to become long-term and sustainable. That's okay. that's the big thing. Um So they'll be assigned, they'll meet weekly, they'll come up with recovery plans um, and goals and what that looks like. They'll connect, you know, um, peer support will be able to connect them to the community resources. Um, you know, the house that we're opening, um, we just closed on it, um, March 7th, our very first Ooh, house. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. So, and it, again, it's going to be called the Opportunity House. It'll be for women. There will be five to six women that um, can fit comfortably in this beautiful house that's in Dodgeville. Um, they, they do pay rent, so that, that's another way it's sustainable.
1: Okay, nice. um,
0: Rent is going to be $400, that includes everything. With the exception of food, um, but it's close to everything. That's the other thing because transportation mm-hmm. can be a big it's issue. A huge issue yep.
1: in southwestern Wisconsin. Wisconsin yes, yeah.
0: yes, very true. You know, rural Wisconsin, southwest Wisconsin. Um, that's what I'm seeing too mm-hmm. is transportation. And I know in Dodgeville they have um, oh, what's it called? The lift program.
1: Oh yeah. Um, hmm.
0: Through Southwest Cab. Oh nice. Um, where you can get a ride to appointments. I know some insurances pay for your rides to appointments through MTM. Um, so there are there are choices which are good, but that's part of those wraparound services because if you put a house somewhere but somebody can't get to to their appointments, right,
1: or to work,
0: or right. whatever they
1: need to do yep. to recover, it's right. not
0: going to be successful. Right. So in Dodgeville, we got the house right downtown. By the courthouse, because some of our people um, will be in um, drug, court. drug court. Yeah, yeah a drug yeah. court.
1: So that's a huge part it of it. It is. And they have to go what, once around. a week at least? Yes. So, yes. Yeah, yeah, that'll be very yeah. nice for them just walk down to yeah. court. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly.
0: Why. So that's one of the wraparound services, too. Um, in um, I know there's OWI court as well in Richland County. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I'm not sure.
0: I think Greene County has Drug
1: Court. They do. Yeah, yep. they have Drug Court. I think it's in its second year. I oh, may nice. be wrong, yep. but yep. Um, I know that they wrote another grant, I believe, mm-hmm. for Drug Court just yep. to build it up a little bit more and sustain mm-hmm. it. So,
0: yeah. 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 yeah, and Green County, too, is in the process of hiring recovery coaches as well or peer support.
1: I believe so, yes. yeah, and so. also the medication-assisted treatment, yep. they're looking at that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we're part of Better brought it as part of the mental health chips. Mm. Um, yep, yep. Committee or uh, yeah, work, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, um, so, yeah. yeah, we're, I hear about it a lot. We don't have too much to do with it, more like support or education, but um, sure, sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so it is, I mean, it's, you know, it recovery is just so many, it can be so many different things, mm-hmm. you know, and for it to be successful. And I think we all want people to recover, but we don't, some, we, we just don't realize sometimes what that entails, and it's different for everyone. Right, like and we talked about.
1: I think that sometimes people assume it's just going to rehab mm-hmm. and then you're done mm-hmm. and you should be okay, rather than kind of not fixing but treating the whole person mm-hmm. and trying to get them back on their feet. Yep, Yeah. yeah.
0: and you bring up a good point because um, addiction is a brain dis- mm-hmm. disease. I mean, there is proof there is research that shows that your brain changes, you know, we could both drink alcohol, but my brain may change differently than yours, and I may be that one with the brain disorder, you know, Um, so it is a disease, it's not a choice, and I know there was a time where treatment, we thought treatment was going to be the answer, but the truth is, it's a process, it's a journey, Mm -hmm. it's like you said, it... And the houses, the recovery houses, will be for people who have already successfully completed treatment. Okay. So that's the other thing. I mean, they will be regulated um, through, you know, Southwest Cap. We're working with Wisconsin Association for Sober Housing. Um, I'm part of that committee. Um, because we also don't want substandard living, mm-hmm. right? That's right. the other thing that right. happens. People deserve to live in a nice place, right. you know, um, to feel safe, to feel secure. Um, and that's what we want this to be is home.
1: So someone goes into treatment, is it, and it doesn't matter if it's like court-appointed treatment or they go in themselves. So after they're in treatments, mm-hmm. do they – is it – at the treatment facility, that they can go sign up for these recovery houses, or what does that kind of process look like? I'm glad
0: you asked that. That is huge. And that is part of why I believe I was led in this direction. I was working at a treatment center and I I enjoyed it, I loved it, extremely high stress and you know, all that good stuff. But but what would happen is I would work with clients. And then I'd know that I'd have to send them back to rural areas, and I I just knew what was going to happen. And um, I say I knew what was going to happen, but I'm very open about myself. I'm um, in recovery myself, have been for almost 16 years now. Um, so I get, I get what it was like knowing that I was going to send a, a young girl back to her home where her... Maybe one parent's drinking every day, all day, and no transportation, and no recovery outside of maybe one meeting 30 miles away. Right. And that's part of, you know, when I started seeing that happen more and more, because the closest place for treatment or even recovery housing right now is Madison, that I know of. Yeah. Um, So... It is. I love that you said it's about treating the whole person, and and that's what happens. The hope is they go to treatment, then they transition into a recovery community. If they have a safe home environment, great, as long as they can do those other things. You know, stay involved, go to recovery events, things like that. But if they don't... um, then they transitioned to the recovery houses. Okay. And there's been lots of success stories about recovery houses. There's several different, you know, um, models. Oxford model is a model that um, is democratically ran. Um, it's a little different than we're going to do, um, but it works. It works. Recovery housing works, you know. There's there's several places Um that there's just there's lots of statistics out there that show that it works. Do
1: you know offhand what the success rate is of recovery houses?
0: I do not, but this is this. I'm going to give an example okay. of what I do know. Um, is when I was working for an organization, I think I can say it, Porchlight. I worked with them for 16 years, and we had a recovery housing program. Um, our success rate was above 80%. Oh, wow. Yes. Um, and and here's why I feel like it was so high, because it was there, it was your own apartment, you had case management, you had all these things you were required to do, and the property, so I was on site at the time, um, and um, I just feel like if... When you have that kind of supervision, when you have that, where people can come to you and and with their struggles every single day, I believe that makes a huge difference. And for two years, we were able to do that. Now, unfortunately, they lost their funding. Mm. Many organizations right? do and yeah, have that's been. Yeah. Um, but I think it was about you know the bottom. So it was above eighty percent, but it was about being available mm-hmm. for them to have a community they lived in. There was twenty four units. They were all in recovery. We had Thursday night meetings, you know, that kind of thing. And so some of that I do want to bring to the opportunity house. Okay. And and hopefully our rates, our success rates will be just as high. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah.
1: So you said that you're just in Dodgeville and then Richlands?
0: Yes. Okay. Yeah.
1: So The plan is to eventually get into like Lafayette and Green, Um, and Grant. Yeah, and Grant. Do you have like a timeline of when that would be? No. Okay. (laughs) No. So (laughs) I wish I did. You know. So
0: I was hired June eleventh of last year to come in to rural areas, specifically Iowa County. Well, specifically Southwest Wisconsin, and it just turned out that. We decided we were going to go with whatever area was first ready, whether that be Greene County, Grant County, Dodgeville, you know, Iowa County, Richland County. And the bottom line was Iowa County was ready first. Okay. They had everything they needed there. So I, you know, I hope to have all four houses open by the end of the year. But I also hope to have the first house open by last November. Oh right, <laughs> so, right yeah. so it's a process. Um, it's a matter. You know, one thing. It, it, a big, um, a a big area that we focus on is, you know, the first house we were able to purchase through funds from our gala that oh, right. Southwest Cap has yep. every year. Um, and we, you know, we made around. I'm, I'm kind of guessing, but around thirty six thousand, something like that. That's great. And yeah, right. And so that'll go, and and there's there's our sustainability as mm-hmm. well. You know, we purchase this. People have to pay rent. I mean, they have to pay their way. Right. We, we just gotta pay, pay our rent. Yeah, right. yeah. Yep. 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 Um, so as far as. You know, the, the timeline, um, you know, it just happens that Dodgeville's first, and Richland Center will probably be next, and then well not, it should be next. That's okay. our goal um, because the folks in Richland Center are working so hard. I mean, it's a lot of meetings. It's a lot of community coming together, and what can I do and and what can we how can we make this happen? Um, so my hope, though, is to have, all for you know, it's a five-year grant, right? Okay. So five years, really we have five years. Um, I would like to see the houses open by the end of the year so we have time to figure out where we're not doing things right mm-hmm. so we can make them better. So then when we go to the next right. place, yeah. um, then it's a matter of, hey, we know what we're doing right kind of thing. We're also in the process, Southwest CAP is in the process of writing what's called an ED2 grant. okay. And that's for recovery coaches. Mm. So the grant is due tomorrow. Our hope is that, and that would be for southern Southern Wisconsin. So that will be for all five counties, oh, nice. even though there may not be a recovery house up in some of those counties. Um, those recovery coaches can go to Southwest Wisconsin wherever you know. If Nancy from Green County needs a recovery coach to come and talk with a client, we send them over. So right? Yeah. So I think we find out April first about that. Nice. Um, yeah, and then it's a five-month grant. It was a year, but what they're doing, they're hoping that this kind of is like a pilot program. I hope I'm saying that right, where um, by October 1st of the next, you know, by the next grant, they kind of have a plan of what's working, and then from there on, you won't have to reapply. Okay. You'll just have the recovery coaches. So, um I believe they started a few years ago, and they've just really been collecting data and trying to figure out what works in the emergency rooms, what works in IOP, what works in, you know, families. Families Mm -hmm. need help, too.
1: They do, yeah, Yeah. because they have to support, not only support the person, but then support themselves. kind of like a caregiver kind of situation. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Exactly. And, you know, we will be having a grand opening. I don't know when that's going to be yet. We hope to have the Dodgeville home. We hope to have our first resident move in April 1st. We are in the process of taking um, donations for um, gently used or new items um, I'm hoping some of the furniture stores, you know, I'm going to talk to Ashley and I'm going to talk to Steinhoffel's and A1 and see if even they're just willing to put one piece of furniture in the house, right. you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so my hope is to have our first young lady move in April 1st.
1: It's coming up pretty quick. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Right after
1: the grant's done.
0: <laughs> so, yeah.
1: So, um, I want to backtrack just a little sure. bit. You were talking about the gala, mm-hmm. um, so this last year you had Tom Farley, correct? Yes, we yeah, did. Which yes. if um, no one knows who that is, it's brother of Chris Farley. So how important was that to Southwest Cap to be able to get him to speak at that gala? Sure. So
0: not only did Tom speak at our gala, he also sat with me in my first interview on Channel... Fifteen, I think it was. You know, mm-hmm. he's a—he's just at ease, and I'm like nervous, like, oh my god, what do I say? You know, <laughs> right. what do I do? Right. And and he's just like, relax. Um, so Tom did quite a bit for us. He Good. really did. Um, we are super grateful for him. I, I did it bring in more people? I don't know. I mean, I would have gone no matter what, right. of course. Right. But maybe, maybe, um, I think where Tom really does, he makes a difference in many ways, but I think where he really made the difference was being able to relate as an affected family member, what it's like. To have someone you love who is struggling with addiction, and addiction can be many things. Mm-hmm. It can be alcoholism. It can be opioids. It can be, you know, it can be marijuana. It can be anything. And um, I, I feel like that's where his presence was. You know, like we could really relate to what Tom was saying. Um, um, my daughter spoke at oh. the gala as well. And um, there were just so many people afterwards that came up and could relate to, oh, my God, my daughter's going through this, you know, things yeah. like that. Um, so I, I, I feel like those speakers and, and Tom specifically, you know, he just well, and he's funny too, right? right? right, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah, I must run in the family. I don't know, (laughs) but you know, so it does, it does. And to have, you know, that celebrity presence, I I think we all kind of like to, you know, see that. And, and I think, you know, one of the things I'm from Madison, I'm from Dane County, I should say Dane County. Um, We're spoiled there. Oh, for sure. Yes. Yes. I am so grateful for what we have there. And and the more I work in the southwestern portion of rural Wisconsin, the more I realize that there is just so much needed here, it and is. and it can't just come from the people who are here. It needs to start coming from people outside of here, you know, in these bigger cities that have all these resources
1: and the experience too. Yep, I think that helps as well. Mm-hmm. Like, we tried this; it didn't work. Maybe you should try this over right. here. Right. Yeah, and the experience.
0: Well, even just talking about experience, I think that's the other thing. Like, again, it's about keeping, you know, even good clinicians mm-hmm. to come in. I know Southwest CAP is in the process. We need a psychiatric nurse, and we're willing to train the person and get them wavered in medication-assisted treatment to work in our, our clinic in Platteville and, and Dodgeville and some other places But the problem is, they come in, they stay for a little bit, and then they're gone because there's opportunity, right? I mean,
1: yeah, higher wages, whatever it is. Yeah, that's hard to keep people in rural areas Mm -hmm. employed Mm -hmm. in a job like that. And
0: that's the other Mm -hmm. struggle, you know, maybe even like maybe there should be a grant for something like that that's specifically for keeping someone who's willing to come here even for five years or something you know my the grant i'm working under is a five-year grant um i hope to stay longer but right um you know that that helps individuals you know even with like peer support we're going to hire peer support and part of what we talked about is we got to be able to pay them a living wage mm-hmm. A lot of people are single parents. Yeah, you know whether it's mother or father. Um, we got to pay people a living wage all over. I mean, that's, that's a whole sure. different
1: podcast, <laughs> yes, right? We better
0: not get started on that one. But yeah, so it is though. It's right. it's hard to keep people in the rural areas. Right. Yeah. yeah. Definitely
1: when they feel that they're undervalued. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. I think that that's why people move on to mm-hmm. somewhere like Madison where they're going to be paid what they feel they should yep. be paid. Yep. Yeah,
0: Because yep. we all know we need money to live. We just oh, yeah. do, right? Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. So. Um, so I don't know if you know any statistics about Green County in general, um, but have you seen in your experience during this recovery house the impact that the opioid epidemic has had on rural Wisconsin?
0: So here's where I've seen. So you know the thing about working at um, a treatment center is you see it firsthand. They right. come to you. It's not that easy in southwestern Wisconsin, um, rural Wisconsin. You know because you don't. They're your neighbors. They're your daughter's best friend. They're your aunt's you know husband. I mean you. They don't. People don't want to be so open about it um, because there's so much stigma and shame with Mm -hmm. that what I've seen and what I know statistically is that um, and we just posted this in our newsletter today actually and I was just shocked and I can't even tell you where it came out of but 74% of the farmers in southwest Wisconsin are affected in some way by opioid use Seventy-four percent.
1: That's astounding. Yes,
0: yes. So either they're affected, they have an affected family member, Mm -hmm. they're using themselves, they know someone. Seventy-four percent, almost three quarters of the farmers in Southwest Wisconsin are affected by the opioid use. You know, and the statistics go from there. I mean, um, you know, look at farmer suicide. Mm -hmm. That's the other thing my partner Bridget is working closely with right now is farmer suicide is up twice as many farmers are committing suicide as veterans are right you know and and that's bad enough you it know is. i mean that
1: first and of, that's been an issue for a, a long, long time, time. Yeah. and yeah. now farmers have surpassed veterans that's yeah really scary it is yeah. it is it's it's
0: sad is what it is to mm-hmm. think you know and a lot of it is again rural america We're tough. We're going to, this information's going to stay in our family. We're not going to share it. There, heaven forbid anybody know. You know, again, the
1: stigma, the shame, the guilt, all Uh, those things. Yeah, and talk about affected families. Like, that's generational effects. I just found out, I don't know, six months ago that my great grandfather killed himself and my mom didn't even know. And Mm -hmm. this is like, years of secrecy right. and then when you look back on it you're like oh that's why we don't do certain things that's why we don't talk about our feelings very well you right. know you, so when you think about the farmer suicide rate and then you think about all those families yeah it's a huge impact it, in our community it
0: is yeah. it really is Erin yeah yeah and you know it well in even just look at you know kind of changing the subject a little bit, but look at the kids who are right. being removed from houses because of addiction, because of a disease, not because of bad people. Right. Um, or bad parents. These are sick people and sick parents. And that's the part that we gotta, we gotta start sharing and we gotta start educating people. Right. And that's what we're doing. We we have an event coming up the 25th Everyone is welcome in Richland Center. Um, it's called Let's Talk Drugs. I'm not so sure about the name, um, but at the same time, that's what we're going to do. Uh-huh. There's going to be a meal served. We're going to answer, you know, have questions and um, answer session, um, you know. So that's going to be at the Richland Center High School okay. at Five thirty PM on Monday the twenty fifth. So I just wanna put that out so there. So
1: is the conversation is just so that people it's more like a normalizing of like addiction is a real thing. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to talk talk about it yep. and okay. Yep. Yeah, I like exactly. that Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. I like that idea. We are doing a um, a Narcan training. Mm-hmm the mm-hmm. 2nd of April at the library, and that's more like this is the signs of an overdose mm-hmm. prescription or heroin, and then this is an Narcan kit, this is how you use it. But I like the idea of talking about it mm-hmm. because I think that, I mean, one of our first events when I started in October was a Narcan training, and we didn't have anyone show up, and I think it's that mm. stigma attached to when you say opioids or heroin and then someone sees you go to this event they must assume you know right that right. you probably have a an issue in your family yeah. where we should be open and encouraging of people because mm-hmm. you never know what's going to happen someone could be you could be in an airport or you know at mm-hmm. quick trip and someone yep. you know could yep. overdose in front of you don't know who it is yep. so good I, point. Know, I think that as a community we should be prepared to help people no matter what. Yep. And again
0: you bring up a good point. You know, that's that's part of the issue, you know, I was talking to someone about, I think it was Flo, about who shows up to our events and the people that show up, thank God for them, you know, I'm glad they show
1: up. Right.
0: But start bringing those people or the people that we need there don't show up. Right, because exactly. Because what if somebody sees me? Right. If I go to this training, they're going to think my son's using opioids or, yes. you know what I mean? Yep. And, and so that, that really is a good point. You know, it is about getting people there. How do you get people there? Maybe, maybe it's in, you know, and, and I'm finding this, like I've been thinking a little bit about this lately, especially in smaller places. Um, you know, Dodgeville and Richland Center, to me, are okay size, right? right I mean, they're right. definitely smaller than Madison, but then you start talking little tiny towns that... Like
1: Broadhead. Yes, <laughs> New yes, Broadhead. Yeah. New yeah.
0: When you start talking those little bitty towns, you mm-hmm. um, people don't even know they're affected. Like, they don't even know what the signs are, like right, you said, right. you know. And to have Narcan on you, to be able to save a life because you don't know, mm-hmm. is is really pretty impressive. You know, it's it's a good idea to have
1: that with yeah, you. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. We were at um, Chicago Airport and just waiting for the bus to arrive, and I believe he was homeless, had come into the terminal to get out of the cold. And he had slumped over and then fell on the ground. And we looked at each other and we're like, does anyone have Narcan? You know, because can we even take it on a plane? I don't even know for sure. But if we would have had Narcan on us, we could have done something. I mean, he ended up getting back up. But it's a perfect situation. You never know um, when it's going to happen. So for this recovery house issue or what you're doing. How can, if people in Green County are excited about this or you know, wanna be the next county that it comes to, mm-hmm. what can people do to reach out or just try to support this um, effort? Sure, so I think, um, you know, start by
0: talking to some of your politicians. I know um, in Dodgeville, that's kind of where, in, in Richland Center, that's where we went, was right to the mayor, you know, right to the representatives. Um, is Todd Novak your representative here? Is this District 51? When? Well, Tammy. Tammy's it's the yeah. senator. I'm yeah. trying to
1: think of a representative. This makes me look not so I bright. Think, <laughs> I think it. No, that,
0: me too. Don't yeah. feel bad. And I'm old, so I um. should know. Um, I th- maybe somebody else knows um, right. and can let us know. Right. You know, But for starters, um, you know, part of that is talking to your representatives, talking to your local board members, um, city council county or county board. County, yeah. Board, county yeah. board, yeah. People are more than welcome to call me, email me, write me. Um, I would be more than happy to, to respond in any way I can. And Hopefully, get some things going in Green County. Yeah. So, um, if you were going to write a letter, if you wanted to write a letter, um, you could write to Kimberly Hill, H I L L, at Southwest Cap. So you can put SWCAP, and the address is 149 North Iowa Street, Dodgeville, Wisconsin. 53533. You could also go to our website if you would like to get more information, and that's www.swcap.org. You could also email me personally if you want at k.hill at southwestcap.org. So k.hill at swcap.org. Or you can call me at 608-658-2275. Call, write, email. I'm open to any suggestions because I alone cannot create much. We together can. Right. You know, yeah, I, I it will that. take a
1: county effort yes. for it to get yep. started. It's like a village raising a kid, right? Right, mm-hmm. right, exactly. And I think that... Um, can start having more conversations too at like our mental health chips Mm -hmm. about the next steps like how can we start Mm -hmm. um, pursuing a recovery house because I feel like Greene County residents are a little underserved by having to go to Madison Mm -hmm. Um, I mean at least if we could create like you said a recovery community Mm -hmm. that would be awesome yeah Um, and right now we're kind of working um, on a way to map out the community. Resources mm-hmm. for people to have support when it comes to like associations. Like, you could become a member of the Lions Club, mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. inviting and welcome, or whatever it is. But um, we're working with John McKnights to oh, he's the community yes. mapping. I'm yep. really excited yep. about that. Yep. So, John's
0: wonderful. Yeah. 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 So, that's
1: going to be, I think, later this month, the 29th, okay. I believe. So, okay. we'll yeah. let Thank you a lot for coming. It was really insightful and informative. I'm glad that we had the conversation. Yeah.
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of Clear Thinking, brought to you by Better Broadhead. To stay up to date on the next episode, please follow us on iTunes.